you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 337 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we are going over the A's disappointing series against the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have wrested control of the Bay Bridge Trophy away from Oakland. Uh, they finally won it outright as opposed to just winning the Sunday game, which I was hoping the A's would do. Didn't happen. The trophy doesn't necessarily matter, but it is nice bragging rights for and the entire of a baseball season, so uh, that that goes to the Giants now. So we're talking about that series, and uh, it's not going to be fun. So that's the first segment. The second segment, I am talking about three guys on the A's with three intriguing stats, and I'm talking about Starling Marte, Sean Murphy, and Matt Chapman. I got uh, the, two of them are good. One of them is both a mixture of good and bad. So that's going to be uh, a fun, fun segment for you guys. And in the third segment, we're finding out where the A's stand in the playoff races after this weekend's action. Uh, they lost two out of three, so you can kind of guess where they are right now. And then we're going over the upcoming games for each of the teams in the race, the A's and everybody that they're either chasing or that is chasing them. So that's what we got coming up for you guys on today's episode. But before I get into any of that, you can also join walking baseball encyclopedia paul francis sullivan please call him sully every day on the locked on mlb podcast for a unique look at the majors both present and past featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the locked on mlb network's team of local experts like myself Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You guys can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Odyssey is a great place for that. Wherever you're listening to this, also a great place for that. You can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you guys have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, quick YouTube note, the plan was to have my first episode go live on Sunday night, Monday morning, one of those two. But, uh, scheduling got away from me. Uh, I've been helping out with some of the social duties at Locked On, and I had a, uh, let's say a production meeting. It sounds way more classy than it is. They were teaching me how to do some of the production for one of our shows on Locked On, and uh, that lasted a little bit longer than I was expecting, and it was when I was planning to record on YouTube and do all of that. So uh, this is a straight-up podcast today, but uh, the the latest we will have a YouTube episode is Tuesday afternoon after the A's game. I will go and just do that, and it's going to be so much fun. You're going to like it so much. The A's play at 1230. Also, we do it a green room that day. So if you are, uh, if you want to tune in for the green room, that is when that will be happening. And then there will also be a YouTube show. And I'm thinking if I can fit it into schedule, if I can figure out the schedule, I will start doing uh, you know, kind of like a, a quasi-mailbag live show on Sundays after the A's afternoon games. Maybe not this Sunday because they play at night, but uh, you know, otherwise it'd be a lot of fun, I think. So uh, just a couple of notes right there, but let's talk about the A's weekend series against the Giants. Uh, they lost Sunday's game two to one. They lost Saturday's game uh, by one run. I forget what the final score, five, four, something like that. I don't know. Uh, it was, they, they lost both of these games because of pinch hit 
home runs late in the game against the A's bullpen. And oh my God, they were the same freaking game. <laughs> the A's looked like they were in control of both of these games. And as I said in my Locked On Now video, the videos that we post on social media uh, after the games, those are Locked On Nows. Um, as, it, as I said in that game, the A's outplayed the San Francisco Giants in all three games. They should have swept this series, but they didn't. Partially because of the bullpen. And also, they didn't keep adding on. They couldn't get other runs themselves. But Logan Webb on Sunday, he's been a very tough pitcher. Not just against the A's. He's not like Mike Fultinevich. He's been, I, I believe they compared him to Walker Bueller, who is a very, very good pitcher. He's got, yeah, I said it on Friday's podcast, he's got like a 1-5 ERA over his last 8, 9, 10 starts. Whatever I said. He's been fantastic. So it's I felt like the A's weren't going to get that trophy because... He's been so good, and if they were gonna, if they needed to win Sunday, it was gonna be a tall task. But they were in position to do it. It did not happen, and that absolutely stinks. Um, but one thing that was good from this game, because you know I like to be the optimist, one thing that was fantastic about this game was the pitching performance that Frankie Montas put on for everybody. He was nails. Logan Webb was really good. Frankie Montas was even better. He went seven innings pitched, gave up two hits. He walked two, struck out nine on 103 pitches. He was just amazing. He was so, so good. And there was two things that really stood out to me. One was how dominant he was because he only allowed three hard hit balls. Sometimes you see guys like this, like a... The no-hitter that the Diamondbacks guy threw a couple weeks ago? With that guy, it was a statistical anomaly. It should not have been a no-hitter based on contact. Frankie Montas only gave up two hits, but he was so, so good. Three hard-hit balls. One of them was a single, uh, one of them was a ground-out, and then one of them was the fly ball. Or I think uh, two of them were singles. One of them was a fly ball that uh, Buster Posey hit like to the warning track-ish in center field. And that was the last pitch that I believe Frankie Montas threw. So uh, it, it's not like he was getting batted around whatsoever. He was giving up crappy contact and striking nine guys out in seven innings. He was on his game. And if this is the Frankie Montas, if he's like struggles against some teams, like the Royals or whoever's coming up, sure. But if he's nails against the Giants, who are a pretty good offensive team, I know that we don't usually categorize them as a good offensive team. But if he's like that against a team like that, and then also he had that performance against the Houston Astros, the best offensive team in baseball. If he can do that against these lineups, uh, he's he's a very nice pitcher to have for the Oakland A's. So. They got to get more hits, obviously, but that was my one takeaway from Frankie Montas is the three hard hit balls. That's fantastic that you don't see that from many guys, uh, even guys that are dominating. And he did it in this game. And so congrats to him. And then the other thing was that every pitch was working for him. He, he had all of his pitches had at least a 30 percent uh, either caught steal or uh, called strike or whiff. And so uh, what what that means is uh, basically if you swing at it, you swing and miss. And if you don't swing at it, it's called a strike. And he, everything was above 30%, which is really good for all four of his pitches. Usually you see one, like even Logan Webb, his pitch mix wasn't like that. He had a couple that were, you know, high up in like 40 or, you know, 45% or whatever. But uh, Frankie Montas was really excelling with a couple of pitches like his splitter. And then even his changeup and his slider were also very good. So good job from Frankie Montas in this one. And then he also added a little bit of velocity in this game. He was throwing almost a mile per hour harder on average with his four seamer. And that's 
a nice development. He was touching 97, he or touching 99. He was sitting 97 on average, and uh, he's been at like 96 for the most part of the season. So, welcome development from Frankie Montas. I love it a lot. A uh, couple of quick notes on this game, though. Every Giants run in this series came via through the home run and that is not what you think of when you think of these stupid stupid giants but uh they're a different team now and uh, i i guess kudos to gabe kapler for being so good at knowing when to pinch hit guys and when they can come through because that's their 13th pinch hit home run this season and i believe that uh they, they had 12 after saturday and so 13 and uh I think that it was Andrew Baggerly said that nobody else has more than eight. And I assume that that's a national league team as well, because that's where they do all the pinch hitting and all that stuff. But um, yeah, Gabe Kapler knows what the hell he's doing. He's going to be manager of the year in the national league. He has to be, I don't know the case that you could make against him being the national league manager of the year. He's, he's been doing a good job. And you know that I don't like to give out, uh, you know, praise for the San Francisco giants, but they've been, They've been a good team, whatever. And this was a nice litmus test. The A's actually outplayed them. The Giants were sloppy all weekend, but the Giants came through with the big hits. The A's did not, and that was the difference in this series. And the the one thing that stood out to me this entire week, the A's went two and five. Again, they had four games against the Chicago White Sox in Chicago, and then they had three at home against the Giants. And if you take these two games against the Giants, where the A's should have won these games, but you know, the, the bullpen just couldn't hold it. It was, you know, four bad pitches led to two losses in this one. And uh, one good swing of the bat that did not happen for the A's on Wednesday. They went uh, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Any one hit that scores a run or two uh, changes the complexion of this week and of that game in particular. They, they should have been five and two this week. They, they put themselves in these spots, and uh, it, they just didn't come through. And that's kind of A's baseball in 2021. But at the same time, they're getting there. you you got to think that they're going to break through at some point. They, they've got the pieces. And I'm, I, I still think that this team can compete. It's just a matter of if and will they. And so we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, the A's bullpen, I touched on it just very briefly, but their bullpen in this series against the Giants, they went 10 and a third innings pitch. They gave up 10 hits, six earned runs. They walked three, struck out seven, gave up three home runs, and that's not great. The A's outscored the San Francisco Giants in this series as well. Uh, 10 to nine. I mean, not by a bunch, but... 10 to 9. They lost two one-run games. They won one uh, one game by three, and that is the difference right there. Is uh, you know, the A's padded their run differential, and the Giants got the wins. So that stinks. And then there was also that one little play. The umpiring was not great in this entire series, but there was the one play in like the fifth or the sixth inning. I didn't look it up, but uh, where Mark Canna was on second base, and there was a base hit, or it was ruled a hit by uh, Starling Marte, and it just slightly glanced off of Mark Cannon's foot. And the umpires did not call it in real time. It was first and third, nobody out. That looked great. And then uh, all the Giants are like, what, it hit him. But it was not called in real time. So the, the umpires all got together, conferred for like two minutes. And they're like, oh no, Mark Cannon's out. And it took two minutes to decide this. So it's not like anybody you would think saw it 
and there was no replay review. And the guy that was, you know, five feet away from the actual action didn't call it in real time on the field. How was that overturned? Was it the right call? Yes, it was. But how was that overturned? That does not make sense. They didn't use replay because they couldn't. How is my main question? It is... It, it it was wild to me, and I don't know how that happened. It was a little bit frustrating because it was definitely it, it killed a rally before a rally could really get going. I know first and third, nobody out see, seems like a rally, but until a team scores, I don't think that it's an actual rally. Late night facts. Uh, I have no idea if I actually if that's like a deeply core held belief or if it's uh, you know almost two in the morning. And uh, I feel like it sounds good right now. <laughs> Ask me in the morning. Uh, but that is uh, my takeaways from this series and from this week. It wasn't a great week, but the A's got to keep going because they got a, a really, really tough week coming up. They got two against Seattle at home on Monday and Tuesday. They get Wednesday off and then they get four against the New York Yankees. So that'll be fun or absolutely soul crushing. If they don't have a good week this week, they're going to be in a tough, tough spot in the playoff race, which I'll get to in the third segment. But anyways, coming up on this show, I got three guys that have done some things that caught my eye. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. I share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, and a national women's soccer star. Hold on. I should explain. When I heard how many elite athletes sleep on a molecule mattress and call it their best sleep ever, I ordered one for myself and they were spot on. I'm no athlete. I make podcasts and I always have a hard time sleeping. Just getting comfortable is always difficult for me. But Molecule Sleep Scientists literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch, not like any other foam mattress. And it has six times the airflow of my old mattress. So it keeps me cool all night long. It has zone reflex layers that adjust with me in all of my weird sleep positions. I got some weird ones, let me tell you. And so I never awaken with a stiff neck or a sore back and it's antimicrobial molecule mattress is how elite athletes and jason burke gets the best sleep ever and you can visit molecule.com and save 20 percent with promo code locked on again save 20 percent with promo code locked on at onmolecule.com Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you guys want any A's merch or just sports merch, anything that you need merch-wise in the realm of sporting goods, uh, there's a link to my FOCO page in the show notes. There's also a 10% off coupon there there for you guys if you use the code locked on a's so uh, all of that information is in the show notes so uh click the link go over and uh, get some things because it's football season there's lots of good a's uh bobbleheads on there there was a tony kemp bobblehead that just got released it says kempinate easy it looks really cool um so yeah there's all that and also subscribe to the youtube page that is also in our show notes but let's talk about three guys that i have some fun stats for First up, we got Sterling Marte, and I'm going to the notes on this one. Sterling Marte with the Oakland A's is hitting 358 with a 392 on base percentage. The 358 batting average is actually like 40 points 
50 points higher than he had with Miami, but his on-base percentage is like 10 points lower. So weird, but it works just fine. Also, he has an 897 OPS with the Oakland A's, and he has 17 steals in 22 games. He has not been caught stealing. I assume that this is what it was like to watch Ricky Henderson on a day-in and day-out basis for the, the length of Ricky Henderson's career. It is a joy. I was very young when Ricky Henderson was like in his still in his prime with the Oakland A's. I was like eight or nine. So I can't attest to how good he was to watch at that time. But, you know, I, I saw him like when he was with like the Padres in like 99. I remember those days and he wasn't necessarily as good. But uh, yeah, prime Ricky Henderson. This this is what I assume it looked like and maybe even better, which is scary to think about. But Let's talk about Starling Marte this weekend. He went six for 13 with four doubles, two runs scored, four stolen bases. He's an absolute game changer, and the A's are not taking advantage of what he's doing when he changes these games. He's putting himself on base and then just moving himself into scoring position, and he had two runs this entire week, and he had six hits, two runs. The A's need to be better at hitting behind him. Uh, also, he didn't have any walks, but, you know, whatever. He, he, he had two runs, and I don't know if that's good or bad, you know, by average, but it feels low because he's doing so much, and you, you want anybody else to be doing any work behind him, but they're not. Uh, and it's very frustrating. I have no idea if he's frustrated. I would be, but he's a professional, so he's probably not. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to talk about, well, one of other two other guys that I wanted to talk about is Sean Murphy since the arrival of Jan Gomes. And I'm not making correlations between Jan Gomes being there to kind of mentor Sean Murphy a little bit, but I'm not saying that it's not happening either. Uh, it is also a very, very, very small sample size that we are working with here. It's 12 games. He's played in 12 whole games. So is it small sample size? And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. He's looking really good in those 12 games. Or is it he's been learning a little bit more from Jan Gomes and Maybe we're seeing the next evolution of Sean Murphy that I've been hoping for. Or is it, you know, hot month and he you tend to, to get hot at this time of the uh, of the year? Uh, I, I don't know, but I wanted to give you guys some stats anyway, and you guys can all decide for yourselves. But in the 12 games since Jan Gomes came to Oakland, Sean Murphy, he's playing less. That's one. So maybe he's more fresh, uh, but he is nine for 32, which is a 281 batting average. He has a 439 on base and a 939 OPS. Those are all fantastic. Uh, 281, especially for Sean Murphy. That's really good. He's hitting like 220 this season. Two, I, he's not hitting well this season. That on base, that'll play anywhere. That OPS, that is all-star or MVP level. He's amazing. Uh, and again, 12 games. So it's not like he's getting these votes, but he's playing at a very, very high clip in the month of August, which is basically when Jan Gubbs got here. Uh, his strikeout percentage is down 7.5% from last month, from July, uh, and it is down to 17.1%. So that is really, really good. His walk percentage has doubled his best rate of any month in his career. So any month in his career, he has doubled it. It's at 22% for this month. Again, small sample size, but this is the best month that he has been having both in strikeouts and in walks. Is that a Jan Gomes thing? Is it because Sean Murphy tends to get hot in August and September? Is it just a small sample size? I don't know, but I'd like to think that there has been a change.
And that this is something that we, maybe not, you know, these numbers, but we could see something like this moving forward with Sean Murphy. I think that that would be fantastic, and I would love to see it, quite honestly. Uh, the third guy that I wanted to talk about real quick is Matt Chapman, because he has some wild splits. I saw this last week. I totally forgot to mention it on the podcast. I was running long, and so I threw it in the middle, so it didn't matter. Here are my Matt Chapman stats that are just mind-boggling to me. So if there is a runner at first, he's hitting 167 in 84 at-bats. Just just a runner at first, he's hitting 167. To go along with that 167 batting average, he also has a 263 on base, so also not very good. And if there's just a runner at second base in 38 at-bats, he's hitting 184, but he does have a 340 on base. So he's getting on base, but he's not necessarily moving the runner over or driving them in at a high clip because he's got that 184 batting average. And then in 10 at-bats, when there's just a runner at third base, he's hitting 100. And he's got a 214 on base. So if you have one runner on base for Matt Chapman, that is his kryptonite. He cannot do it. But if there's a runner at second and third base, if, if you got two guys in scoring position, he's hitting 333 with a 375 uh, on base, and that's in six at-bats. So he's like two for six. Um, and then if there's a runner at first and third, in 14 at-bats, he's hitting 286 with a 333 on base. And if the bases are absolutely jam-packed, full of Oakland A's, he's hitting 429 with a 375 on base. Uh, sack fly, fly is how that works. When you have a batting average higher than an on base, that is, that's what happened. There was a sack in there. Yeah, that's all. And so I found that to be utterly amazing. If there's one runner on base, Matt Chapman is just inept. He cannot get a hit. He can kind of get on base if they're at second base, but that's it. But if there are multiple runners on, he's amazing. He's much better than usual. And I should also mention that he's also very, very good in late or close situations, uh, but I didn't write those down, but he's also very good in those situations. So I thought that that was fun. So if you see Matt Chapman come up with just one runner on base, lower your expectations. That's all that I'm saying. And also, this is my let's talk about Matt Chapman segment of the podcast where uh, I get him going for the next week. So uh, you're welcome. If he hits a home run tonight against Seattle and uh, Marco Gonzalez, then you know why. It's because of me. <laughs> Anyways, coming up on the show, I'm talking a little bit about that series coming up against Seattle and also what else happened with everybody else that is uh, con contending with the A's in the playoff race. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar, my friends, and Built Bar is amazing. They have so many delicious flavors, and there is something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out, but I got the flavors right here for you guys. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And if you want to know what my favorite is, because I am a Bilt Bar fan and I am passionate about my favorite, it's Cherry Marcia. If you've listened to these ads before, you know that I love the Cherry Marcia. It's absolutely amazing. It tastes like maraschino cherries, which is one of my favorite flavors in the world. It's like that in laundry. I don't like to taste laundry, but I like the smell of laundry. And they don't have a laundry Bilt Bar yet, but maybe one day. 
Anyways, if you haven't tried all of these flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of these nine flavors. They're all absolutely amazing. You can't go wrong. And they all have 17 to 18 grams of protein. They're low calories. They got four or five grams of sugar, only four or five grams of net carbs, and they're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And if you want to take advantage of some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season, and you can get updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. And I love me a good survivor contest. Am I good at them? No, but can I, if I get past week one, I feel really good because then I know what the teams are doing. And if you're like me and you you want to go after that $200,000 NFL survivor on Bet Online, that is the place you want to be. So head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. That's the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. So go to BetOnline and make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON and that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe and also leave us a five-star review wherever you like to hear podcasts, especially if it's on Apple, because I think that they're the only ones that allow you to do that. But leave us a five-star review. I always like seeing nice things. You could write a, a nice comments on our YouTube page. I, I've seen a couple and I always appreciate reading those. Uh, they don't alert me when I get a, a comment on YouTube. So if I'm slow to reply, I apologize, but uh, I will see them eventually. Um, and it, so yeah, also subscribe to the YouTube page, but uh, I only got a few minutes here. So let's get into what happened over the weekend. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the Astros because why the heck not? They they beat the Seattle Mariners two out of three, but they did lose on Sunday. So let's talk about that. Not in any detail, but they, they lost to the Mariners an extra six to three. Yay! That's all the detail that you're getting from me. Uh, coming up on their schedule, they have three against Kansas City at home, and Kansas City just took three out of four from them last week. Big help to the A's. Uh, the A's... If they would have had that five and two week, oh man, would we be having a different conversation right now? Things would be a lot closer right now. And I'll, I'll give you where the A's are in the standings, but oh man, it'd be so close right now. So they got three against Kansas City and then they get three at Texas. Hopefully they don't got to face Mike fulton because that guy's a beast. <laughs> and then uh, for the Yankees and Red Sox on Sunday, both of their games were postponed. They were not playing each other. They were playing other teams. Uh, Minnesota was in the mix and then whoever else. And uh, both those games were postponed. So uh, only the 
Red Sox will be playing on their makeup game on Monday, and uh, it was against Texas. So they're going to be playing their makeup game against Texas on Monday morning, our time. Uh, I think it's afternoon for them. And then they get three against Minnesota and then three at Cleveland so that they now have a full week as opposed to having a day off. So that's an interesting development. Let's see what happens. Also, go Twins. Big Twins fan over here. And then the Yankees, if you've watched any A's baseball recently, you kind of know where they're going. They got two at Atlanta on Monday and Tuesday. They got Wednesday off. They're going to be flying over to Oakland or hanging out in San Francisco, depending on when they get here, because uh, you know that they don't stay in Oakland. And then uh, on Thursday through Sunday, they get four games against the A's at the Coliseum. It's going to be a very, very big series you got to hope for at least a split and then nothing changes but you you don't want to lose ground in this race so you got to get at least two of those games I'll be talking more about that series as the week unfolds but it's going to be interesting uh the Seattle Mariners are kind of back in it I'll give you where they are in relation to everybody here in a second but they got two games against Oakland on Monday and Tuesday then they're off on Wednesday and then they get four games against Kansas City in Seattle so that's what's coming up for them and then the Toronto Blue Jays have been scuffling a little bit of late uh over the past week they went one and four against the Washington Nationals who don't have their guys anymore they traded Max Scherzer they traded Trey Turner do they have other players? They have Juan Soto, uh, but yeah, they, they they lost to them, and then they also lost to Detroit. It was not a great week to be a Blue Jay or a Blue Jays fan, and they've been playing without George Springer, so uh, he's a big part of that offense and that, that team, and maybe not the offense. The offense can hang, but a uh, rough week against teams that you're hoping to beat, so it's not just the A's, I guess, is that they the nice thing about that uh, coming up for them, though, they got four against the Chicago White Sox in Toronto, and then they got three against the Detroit Tigers once again. So go Detroit and let, let's see if we can get Toronto just out of the mix by the end of this week. The A's win some games. Toronto loses some games. All of a sudden, it's like a six or seven game deficit and uh, it's over. There you go. Boom. So coming or not coming up, let's go over the standings real quick. Houston has a three and a half game lead over the A's. And if the A's had won those three games, as opposed to losing those three games, it'd be a half game lead right now. That is how close this thing is. And that's why these games are important. And I know that we could do this all season. And I'm like, until August, I'm like, eh, whatever. These things happen. And now these things should not happen. I want the A's to win every game from here on out. Uh, that's not how baseball is, but that's how I want baseball to be for the next like six weeks. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got the Yankees. They are now two and a half games up on the A's. And that is not great, obviously. But uh, still, you know, I, I really just don't want them to face the Yankees in that wild card game. Uh, so either hopefully they overtake Tampa and take your chances with Tampa or uh, they win the division. Th those are what I'm hoping for right now, because Boston or uh, the Yankees are on, on an absolute tear. They've won nine in a row. So hopefully they've peaked and they're just going to be crashing down to earth when they visit Oakland. Uh, that would be that would be helpful. Um, also, the Red Sox, who did not play on Sunday, so since they didn't play, they gained a half a game on the A's. Now they are tied with the A's for the second wild card spot. So we'll see what happens on Monday. Both teams are playing, so they could either stay, stay tied, or 
one of these teams could take a lead depending on what happens in each game. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are three games back of the A's for that second wild card, and the Toronto Blue Jays are four and a half back of the A's and the Red Sox for that second wild card. Uh, coming up for the A's, they got a two-game series with Seattle, and on Monday, the A's will be throwing out Paul Blackburn, making his second start since his call-up. He's going to be facing Marco Gonzalez, and Marco Gonzalez has been okay. Oh, he's been fine against the A's this season. He's gone a nine and two thirds innings pitched in two starts, giving up seven hits, three earned runs, and Matt Olson has two home runs against him. So if Matty goes deep, I think that the A's got another chance. So we'll see how that one goes. And then on Tuesday, you got Cole Irvin against Chris Flexen. Chris Flexen's been pretty good. No, he's not. Never mind. <laughs> I read the first, like his innings total, and I was like, oh, that's more. And then I forgot what I wrote for the hits and earned a run total, and that was not as good. Uh, it was one start that was bad, and then the other one was kind of okay. He's gone 11 in a third innings pitch. That's what I should say. And then he's given up 13 hits and seven earned runs. One of those starts was like five innings, five runs, something like that. So take with that what you will. The other one was would have to be six and a third and two, but... Anyways, uh, so that is that. Is that. Uh, one note that I want to say is that Gonzalez has been pitching really, really well in August. He's made four starts. Three of those have been against the Texas Rangers. So take these numbers and do with them what you will. But uh, And also his other start was against the New York Yankees. So do whatever you want with that. But he's thrown 27 innings and has an 067 ERA in the month of August. Again, he's faced the Texas Rangers three times. So maybe he's just good against them. I don't know. But uh, maybe he's figured something out. He's he's potentially a different pitcher than the A's have seen in his two starts against them this season. But one other thing that I think could play could play a, a meaningful difference here is that Seattle has not faced the A's since the trade deadline. So they have not seen the Starling Marte show. They have not seen Jan Gomes, Clutch Gomes over here. And then Josh Harrison just being uh, just a delight. I really like Josh Harrison, and I really want the A's to resign him. I know that they probably won't get Starling Marte, but Josh Harrison, he's a, he's a cool dude. I like him. Play him wherever the hell you want to. I want him on my A's team. Uh, but that is all that I got for you guys today. We've got YouTube content coming for you guys. I've been posting the Locked On Nows, so those are there if you want to go reminisce about some A's wins or losses. Um, but I, I will have full episodes coming for you guys starting this week at the very latest Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to try and do one tomorrow night, depending on how quickly the A's game gets over, because uh, my wife gets home at like 10, 15, 10, 30. And the thing with the YouTube videos, I have to record them all at the same time. I can't like take a break and like pause it or anything. Whereas with the podcast, I can pause it and just come back, you know, two hours later or whatever. So, um, it, and then by the time it gets to be one or one thirty when it's time for bed, I'm like, all right, well, I don't look camera ready, so I'm not going to do it yet. So I, I pushed it. I apologize. It's coming. I swear. I swear it's coming. I'm excited to do it. L subscribe. That's all I can say. Subscribe. It, it's going to be a blast. So uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. But until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.